Hello, yummy mummies. Welcome to Beyond the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jade Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This podcast is targeted at mums, mums to be, and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported, and more understood after every listen. Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go. Hello, Jade. Hello, Sophie. Now, tell me, Jade, why are we (laughs) recording remotely today for this introduction? Our actual episode is together because it was about a week ago. Uh, So why are we doing this intro separately? I'd love to say that it's your morning breath, but it's actually not. It is the fact that I'm a little bit late to the party. I've got COVID. And here I am in isolation, but actually technically. After dodging and dodging. <laughs> dodging and dodging. But gotcha. It's technically, this will come out Monday. We're recording on Thursday. So technically I would be out gallivanting. So if you listen to this podcast on the Monday and I'm out, don't be scared. I have completely <laughs> isolated for, for, for a full seven days. Yeah. So we came back from the health retreat and I just had this little scratchy throat and I'm like, oh, that doesn't seem too good and we didn't see any family I just made sure that I went and did a test and it came up positive and I was like oh shit Um, because I wasn't feeling unwell anyway mum and dad who were looking after the kids they packed their bags and then they literally left five minutes before we got home to make sure that if we did have it they wouldn't be a close contact so they left and then we came home Nick tested positive, Yumi tested positive, and here we are. So we have been isolating and I've had no sense of smell, which has been really weird, but good because when Harry farts, there's been no issue there. (laughs) (laughs) And um, other than that, to be honest, I... We've really been quite okay. There was one day that we felt a little funky, but um, we just all went and got a PCR test just to make sure that, you know, we were all on the same boat and we knew what was going on. And I reckon the the hardest part of this whole thing, and I know that I'm like, everyone's probably like, yeah, Jade, we've had COVID like months ago, but the hardest part, like I had to call the COVID hotline because there is so much misinformation and confusion over what to do, who should be at home, when to retest. And I just got told that by day seven, you don't need to retest because you probably will be positive, but you won't be contagious. So you can just move on with your life. I think as long as you're symptom free, is that right? Of course, of course. And we're like, I'm already symptom free after what day four. So, and yeah, some people get it for three to four days. So anyway, we're actually really loving being home and (laughs) sleeping in. Like all the kids have been in my bed. We've been sort of sleeping in till like seven o'clock. I mean, that's a longest when you've got kids, right? But um, it's been okay. The sun's been out. We've been playing in the pool. We've been walking around the farm. So yeah. Definitely worse places to be isolating. That's my low. And my high is that 
I'm out of isolation. Well, I will be when everyone's listening to this and it is Valentine's Day. So hoping that we can go on a little romantic date and um, enjoy each other. So Nick and I have been taking it in turns, organizing dates for one another. So we're doing it once a fortnight and trying to do a day date if we can work it that neither of us have too much work when the girls are at daycare. And next Monday is my turn. What are you doing? Are you planning yours? What should I plan? Well, I weeks ago, my girlfriend, we were out with a couple, a friend. Oh my God. How do you say it? Couple friends. Oh my gosh. I always have issues with this where I'm like yeah. a couple of friends, but it's not. It's, it's a couple a friends. Couple. Friends okay. that are a couple? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're out with some friends. No. <laughs> okay. Spoke to a friend. We were out with Fark. I can't say it. We were out on a double date. We're out on a double date and um, our friends were like, oh, we're going here, here, here for um, Valentine's Day. And I was like, oh, that sounds epic. And they're like, do you guys want to come? And at the time I was like, why not? Like book it in advance. So that'll be a fun time. So we're actually just going out with another couple. Everything's like it's all catered for and whatever. So it'll be nice to just not even have to think of the menu and just sit down, mm. enjoy a nice conversation. Mm. And to be honest, we wouldn't have had seen anyone for a full seven days or eight days. So it'll be nice to actually do that. So I've actually cottoned on to someone else's Valentine's Day plans. Perfect. And if anyone has any tips, feel free to send them in, but it'll be too late. So I'll keep <laughs> them all for next Valentine's <laughs> Day. <laughs> uh, now, how are you? I am so good. We have, I'm sorry. We've been doing a lot this past week. Do tell. We have friends up from Sydney and we are trying to convince them to move here. So they're up for two weeks and we have just been playing like ultimate tour guide but not really the touristy things. Like we've been trying to show them this like unrealistic expectations of what it will be like to live here. So like we went out for this long lunch on a Wednesday and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, every Wednesday we just sit by the ocean and drink cocktails. And anyway, so we've been having such a blast with them. Um, I feel like, (laughs) you know, it kind of kicks you up the butt to like do the fun things that maybe you put off doing or you do once and then you forget to go and do it again. And yeah, show them all the things that are really fun for kids in the areas and try different beaches and that kind of thing. So we have been having an absolute ball. I'm sorry. Mm. And I can give you a list of activities to do once you're out of isolation next week. Yeah. Can you take me on that tour next week? That'd be great. (laughs) Absolutely. A few admin things though. Number one, we have now got a weekly newsletter that is going to have exclusive uh, episode content, behind the scenes stuff. We are going to put our favorite outfits of the week because we're always being asked, legitimately not just saying this like influencer, (laughs) we're always asked. We are often asked about, you know, different ways to like dress as a mum but not feel too mummy. Um, So we have got that in there. We've got book and TV show recommendations that we've both been loving. Mine more book, Jade more TV show. (laughs) And yeah, we're just going to answer parenting pickles, all different stuff in there. We think it's going to be a fun little space. So if you head to our Instagram page at beyondthebump.podcast, you can head to our bio and sign up for the newsletter. We are also now on TikTok. We have absolutely Who no idea we? what we're doing. No fucking idea. We feel like absolute fucking grannies on that platform, but we're trying <laughs> to give it a go. 
give you young things what you want. Um, yeah, I think that's all the housekeeping. And I think that I'm going to continue doing the TV series recommendation, not the book, because while I was away and have been in lockdown, I have read one book. It's taken so fucking long and I'm actually a fast reader, but the downfall was it wasn't really a good book. So now I'm like, this is going to take me forever. Whereas I feel like you on a Kindle is just like, boom, 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 boom. All yeah, right, but next one. If you're trying to get back into reading, you have yeah. to start with some books that are a sure thing. So like like the yeah. book I recommended on last week's newsletter, which if you sign up, you'll know about it, is, do you like Don't that? Tell do you like that? Yeah, How loved it. Loved it. Breadcrumbs? <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good, guys. How fucking annoying am I? <sighs> it is like, it's not a book that is going to change your life, but it's like easy. You want to pick it up because it's so easy. It's so different to the life I'm living, It's spot. but it's not too heavy. So I just feel like if you're getting into it, you need to start off with books that are a bit mundane. sometimes even a bit like oh maybe I could have read something a bit more intellectual than that but at least it's getting you back in there yeah I get I get what you're saying and then once you're back in and you've worked out the times that because I feel like otherwise if you're reading something difficult you go oh I just don't have time for this when on earth would I read whereas no. I feel like once you get in the habit of being like okay like when the kids are watching tv I'll pick up my book or my kindle when this when that then I'll pick it up and then you get in the habit and then you can move on to something that's a bit more challenging well, that's what I've been doing with this, except when I pick it up, because I've actually preferred picking up a book while the girls are swimming and doing stuff. But when I pick it up, I'm like, oh, I'm just so devastated that this isn't like captivating. Like, now I'm sign like, up to our newsletter, babe, and read yeah, the I book will. that I've recommended. I have. I can't wait to know what it is. Now, do you have any mum hacks for us this week? Okay, we do have a mum hack. Sometimes I put movies on that are in Spanish and when my kids get really confused and ask why they can't understand it, I tell them they are just tired and should probably take a nap. Then when they wake up from the nap, I put the same movie on but in English and they think they are all better. You legend of a mother. This is absolute gold and fucking fabulous. So Poppy always requests to watch Bluey in Mandarin. What? And I... Because on um, ABC iView, there's an option to watch some of the episodes in Mandarin. And she says, Mum, I want to watch it in Mandarin. Anyway, I'm like, this is a great learning tool. You can learn that, you know, people speak different languages. Not everyone can understand, you know, the English version of Bluey. Like some kids need to watch it in other languages, et cetera, et cetera. And each time I think I'm being like mum of the year, teaching my kid about, you know, different cultures. And every <laughs> single fucking time halfway through, she turns to me and she goes, Mum, I can't understand this. <laughs> but she asked for it. I try and explain this to you every freaking time and every time I'm like, Poppy, you're not going to be under able to understand it because you can't speak Mandarin, just like some kids can't speak English. And every time she's like, no, nah, but I want to watch it. And she gets halfway through and she's like, Mum, I don't know what they're saying. Isn't it the most impressionable age where she's at? She might come through and then by like seven she is fluent in Mandarin. No, she'll she's- be fluent in Mandarin just in the market episode of Bluey. (laughs) If it's a word that's not said in the market episode, she won't be able to speak it. But, you know, if it's a complete play-by-play of the market scene, she knows it off by heart. All right, give us a rude or fabulous. So I've got a rude or fabulous for us and it's a bit of a discussion point. I want to know how you would feel about this. Mm. Hey girls, here's a rude or fabulous for you. 
I've recently gone back to work. My babe is 10 months old and I'm blessed to have family help and not have to send my daughter to daycare yet. However, my mother-in-law, while coming from a good place, does my housework. While I know some people would like this, I'm a bit of a control freak and I'm not okay with this. The way she says it to me is like she thinks I'm not doing a good job at keeping my house organized, which it is because she's been a housewife for 30 plus years. I think it's rude, but my husband thinks it's fabulous. What do you think? Oh, yeah, that's a really You're a bit of a control freak and I'm not. So it'll be interesting to see if, in terms of housework. So if I literally put this in to my own perspective, this is what I would do. I'd have the discussion with my partner and say, you don't do the housework. So you actually don't understand how it feels to have someone else do that, like someone close, because it's it's your life, like it's your private stuff as well. Um, it's like when we have people over, I don't necessarily want them to see like my house filthy. I like to have pride. So I don't necessarily ever want someone I know cleaning my dirty house. I would say if you don't feel comfortable or that close with your mother-in-law, simply ask your partner to say to his mum, look, we absolutely appreciate you cleaning however we're actually going to get a cleaner in or um, we're happy just doing it ourselves um, because it just feels you know it's it's better for us Um, but other than that you could just literally hire once a month if you can afford it or once a week or whatever you need you can do financially and get a cleaner in and and just but do I the- think this lady's problem is that she's saying she doesn't think that the house is even in a bad state, but her mother-in-law still does housework. Well, I think that um, you need boundaries. There just needs to be some plain boundaries. I love that you come over. I really appreciate that you do the housework. However, I feel that it is in a good enough condition for us. Therefore, I don't need you to do it. How about like we just spend time together or you look after you look after the kid and I can, you know, focus on the house. See, because I'm not a control freak about my house, Mm. I would love if someone did this. Your mother-in-law though? Well, I have a great relationship with my mother-in-law. So yeah, if she wanted to clean my house, I'd let her, as long as she didn't always bring it up and like make me feel like I was indebted to her when I never asked her to do it. Yeah. For example, like my, we're living with my sister-in-law right now and she is literally the most helpful person ever. And whenever she's going above and beyond, I always remind her, like, I'm like, Till, you don't have to do that. And Mm. she goes, I know, but I want to do it. And she never brings it up again as in like, oh, my God, while you were out, I cleaned up this, this and this. Or like, oh, I just went and changed blah, blah, nappy. Whereas if I reminded her while she was doing it till you don't have to do that and then she came back to me later and was like, oh, my God, like Goldie's nappy was so disgusting, da-da-da-da-da, I would say, well, I've told you you don't have to do that. Yeah. So I think it totally depends how they're responding. If your mother-in-law is doing it and you're comfortable with it and they're not bringing it up all the time like you owe them something, then I would be like fucking go for gold. But if you're feeling uncomfortable with it, then, yeah, you have to do it. But I've had this conversation with friends before where they've had a babysitter and they've come home and their laundry's been folded and stuff oh, and they've great. been like, that makes me feel really uncomfortable, whereas nah. I would be like, I don't know. I'm going out every night of the week. I'll pay you double. <laughs> yep, totally. 
I just want to put it out there. I'd love to see. I know that we're only launching this now on Valentine's Day, but if anyone goes on a date, I want you to tag us so we can repost and see what you guys are doing. It can be at home. It could be literally just with your children watching TV. It could be on, on your, own. your own. Even better. Oh, how good. Even That's better. the dream, Valentine's that Day. That is the dream. It? Just tag us in it so we can just put it on stories and show a little bit of love around the world definitely the world, the universe. <laughs> you're all watching and listening. If you're in Mars and you're going on a <laughs> hot date, just let us know. <laughs> now on today's episode, we speak with the incredible Georgia Fowler. She is a supermodel and a new mama. And we thought like, you know, you've heard a lot about what it's like us being supermodels and mums, really but we hard. thought we'd bring in like a third supermodel to just kind of tell another perspective of how it is in case you were overhearing from us. So we chatted all about getting pregnant, Victoria's Secret as a new mum, Victoria's Secret, body image since having a baby and being in that industry. So we hope you love this chat and yeah, have a ripper week. Yeah. Georgia, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It is honestly such a pleasure to speak with you and to hear that you're a fan of the podcast. Uh, For any of our wonderful listeners who don't know who you are, can you tell us a bit about the backstory of Georgia? Who are you? (laughs) Who am I? My name is Georgia Fowler. I have been a model since I was you know, a 12 year old. And up until COVID, I was based mostly in New York. I am a new mom of Dylan and Mandela and she's four months old now and just the sweetest thing ever. So no, very, very lucky partner to Nathan Della and yeah, happy to now be in Sydney, but it has been a very different life more recently proceeding, moving here. I was kind of on a plane every four days Mm. doing long hauls and I was a bit of a workaholic. So um, I can thank COVID for putting my brakes on a bit and getting a bit of family life. But yeah, that's what's happened. And did COVID kind of lead to you having a pause in your career that you were like, I'm ready to start a family? I imagine in your industry, it must be pretty hard to go, oh, you know what? I'm, you know, I'm sure you can do maternity shoots, et cetera. But I'm just going to drop it that she's a Victoria's Secret model. I'm just <laughs> dropping the bomb. If, if In case you don't know, just vision that. We're kind of a big deal. We're chatting to a Victoria's Secret model. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, the majority of my jobs kind of were in like their swimsuit or their runway and, yeah. and you have to fit in certain size. You can't just all of a sudden be pregnant. So yeah, it would, it would take off a few years of work real or a year at least of work. But it was more that I was so focused on working and traveling that it was virtually a impossible for me to have a relationship like yeah learn be in one place and think this is a great time to have a baby and you know without family support around it's yeah I was just in work mode so yeah. COVID definitely allowed me to like resettle and you know I, I always wanted to be a mom and and a young mom it just was you know you get whisked away in in the work and yeah it's kind of happened at the best of times I feel like I did most of the things I really needed to and my goals and my career and, you know, walked the Chanel runways and Balmain and Mimu uh, and did Victoria's Secrets and did some really cool things and amazing magazine covers. So I was like, okay, like. I'm retiring. I'm done. That's <laughs> I'm it. ready. I'm ready. <laughs> and now you're starting your real job being a mama. 
of a four month old. Have you had any sleep regression? Oh, absolutely. I I think I'm in the thick of it at the moment. Yeah, she she was sleeping like almost all night from two months on. And I was like, I have an amazing baby. And she would, you know, put herself to sleep for every nap too. And I'm like, okay, this is I don't know what everyone's talking about. But um yeah, the most recent you know, a few weeks have been challenging, but I don't know whether it was like, is it the form of sleep regression or is it the unswaddling or is it that we've moved her into a big girl cot because she was sleeping well beside me and I was waking her up because I was full and ready to explode. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what it is, but how long does this last? <laughs> oh. oh, how long's a face of string? Yeah. Uh, we like to be positive on this podcast. <laughs> on a positive note, you don't look tired. You look bloody fabulous. So there you Thank go. You, you can have that. Put a ton of moisturizer and concealer on. That's it. How long had you been with your partner, and what kind of discussions had you had, like to know that you guys were like, yeah, we're ready to make make this next step to start a family. I mean, one of our questions was, how do you know you're ready? And you yeah. said you knew you were ready because you'd walked Chanel, <laughs> etc., etc. I'm like, I don't think that we can say to everyone, like, oh, you'll know you're ready once you've walked the Chanel run. No, we no. could try. I, I mean, you, I don't think anyone, well, some people are, but I definitely would have never been like, I'm ready. Yeah. Um, and I don't think my partner was at all either. It was, we've been together for, well, like just over, over a year, but over a year in a pressure cooker um, yeah. before COVID, mm. we traveled everywhere and we, you know, got to see the life I was living before and then moved back and moved in together and got a dog and, you know, did all the, the things that you do. And yeah, it wasn't so much of being ready now. I had been on the pill and I was keen to get off it because I wanted to have babies in a, a year or two, but the year or two happened that month. So, which was, yeah, um, an amazing welcome surprise, but it, it was, you know, very, very fortunate, but faster than we thought. Did that take any time to kind of get used to, or had your life kind of changed so much that you were like, bring it oh, on? It was definitely a bit of a shock. Um, and I think for Nathan too, he almost didn't talk to me for about five days before <laughs> he could process it. Um, and he was like, it's not a bad thing. I just couldn't look at you in the eye. Like, <laughs> You're like, it takes two to tango, buddy. This wasn't I'm all like, me. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. Um, hello. But anyway, no, um, no, it was a really exciting news. It just wasn't, you know, not wow, necessarily part of the plan. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And did you have any morning sickness? Uh, my morning sickness was, was what led me to kind of think I should take a test because I was eating Vegemite on toast randomly every morning. You don't normally do that? No, no. Normally it's like a big breakfast, eggs, the whole lot. No, yeah, like, right. So I you've toned it of, down. Yeah, that was all I could kind of stomach. And interestingly, when I told Nathan I was pregnant and we went out for breakfast, he ordered Vegemite on toast too. So <laughs> <laughs> Sympathy. <laughs> but um, no, so my morning sickness, it was there, but it wasn't terrible. And I think I just woke up up and ate first thing in the morning and that was the most important thing had some porridge like 6 a.m straight away helped snatch throughout the day and stayed really hydrated and that's where I actually found Aquamama and it has like all the vitamins and the folic acids and the like potassiums magnesiums and all those good nutrients that you need for you while you're pregnant but also for your baby and I think just staying really hydrated and like really helps with the nausea. It's survival and if I feel like you're hydrated 
and you can keep it down and you don't have to and go to hospital. And plain water is just a no-go. It's just oh, an absolute yeah, no-go. You're like, I've done one of those. <laughs> no. You're like, I can't drink margaritas, so you're going to have to give me something else. Like this water is just not cutting it. And how early on did you have to tell work? Pretty early on because I was sure I was showing when I now look back and I was. <laughs> I was massive. <laughs> I was, yeah, I, I was the, one of those, I'm huge. And then now I look back, it was so cute. So I, I told them pretty early because I was actually pretty excited and I was kind of also, I had a few jobs on the go that I knew I had to shoot before I was really showing. You know, I, I did a collab for Jagged and it was all like sportswear and leggings and and I'm like, okay, like this is something that will We need to do it. this this week. And how was the rest of your pregnancy? Was there anything unexpected that you were like, oh my gosh, why do more women not talk about this? Oh, I had a pretty good pregnancy. I actually really loved being pregnant. I, my, I, I was super worried about my back and things, but I just did heaps of Pilates and that kind of held that at bay. I love feeling little kicks. I, I was pregnant at a really good time. It was full over winter as well. And, you know, COVID and I, you know, got to wear turtleneck dresses and just be comfy all the time. Yeah. Girl. But yeah, no, I mean, besides like the getting the cankles and the like really big calves, <laughs> that was real. I remember Nathan looked down and was like, hey, your calves grown. I'm like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off. The the they ankles, have. they're almost thigh ankles, yeah, not just ankles. Like, oh. <laughs> I kind of thought I got away with it, but like clearly not. <laughs> so is there a, like a time frame for the modeling industry and especially like at your level when like you should be going back after you have a baby? I mean, obviously it's up to you, but what's the what's the going time frame? Like where are we at? Uh, I think, it, I mean, it really depends on the person. I think that's what so, I'm so lucky about my job is I can kind of come in and out as I choose and just be clear mm. about the jobs. And I think that is going to be the challenge from here on in is like, I love working, but you need to balance, you know, what's important and being home. And I actually was just down in Melbourne for a night for the Australian Open, but it felt far and I was like ready to get back. Without Dill. Yeah, without her. Yeah, yeah. Here with my mum. So, yeah, I think it's just a balance. And I, yeah, very lucky that you don't have necessarily like contracts. You have to be at work on certain days. So, yeah, it's just picking and choosing and taking what we can. And do you think the modeling industry, I mean, like from the outside, it seems like they're trying to make changes that, you know, that it's not, there's only one type of body that's beautiful. Like, do you feel like that is true or is that a facade? Like, how did you feel? I mean, coming from, you said you've been modeling since you were yeah. a tween and suddenly you're pregnant. Like, how did that feel? And how does it feel about possibly going back into that space after obviously your body changes in so many ways? Yeah. I mean, I think the industry has making some, made some amazing changes and like it really is becoming more accepting of, you know, all shapes and sizes and races, which is incredible. But I don't think still like I wouldn't go into a different realm of modeling post baby either. So I think yeah. they still expect you to be a certain way. But funnily enough, maybe it's just, I think it's becoming a mum for the first time I was just, I loved my body. I loved it when it was cankly. I loved it when I was huge and swollen. And like afterwards, 
I was just in awe of it. I, I didn't think I would feel this way either. I've been, you know, judged on my body since I was a 12 year old. Yeah. I really thought I would, you know, beat myself up about baby weight or feeling a certain way, but it was just like this magic thing. And <laughs> it was probably the first time in your life that you could actually relax and let go and not have people tell you what you should and shouldn't do right 100% yeah it was like I'm pregnant and I look great and bring it on hey it's like yeah yeah I, I loved it is there anything if there's any listeners out there who are struggling to love their pregnant body or their postpartum body anything that you told yourself or did to kind of make yourself accept the way that you were looking or felt I think it was mostly just like the importance of knowing I have to nourish my baby and that like every vitamin and food that I eat the baby and ingests as well and you just want to be your healthiest point for them and that you're just you're growing life like women are made to do this and it's pretty fucking cool it's so cool so you know we grow and then afterwards we kind of just come back I'm like it's pretty epic like yeah Sometimes. I don't think I came back. (laughs) I'm still coming back. I'm eight years postpartum and struggling. (laughs) No, but the body does amazing things and it's, and it's pretty special. And I think we just have to like roll with it and like, yeah, you have like real saggy kind of skin and it feels like soft and jiggly and like whatever. And that lasts however long it does for you, but you gave life and that's the coolest thing. Now, before we get into your birth story, because I really want to know about that, I also really want to know what happens behind the scenes of a Victoria's Secret show, because <laughs> it sounds and looks hectic, but every year I watch it and I'm like, I just want to be a fly on the wall <laughs> and see what goes on in there. Are you stressed? Is Adriana just like cruising? Like what's going on in the background? What is Victoria's Secret? <laughs> Adriana is is pretty amazing. She, when it was my first show, she like sat me down because I was kind of there like a lost lamb with no one to talk to. And she was like, come sit by me. Oh. That was very sweet because I had no idea what was happening. <laughs> it's actually just really fun. Like it was so many of kind of the girls I had met throughout their careers and we all just kind of came together and everyone had been working up to that moment. Like you're, you're really training hard for, to get out there. And so once you're there, you're just like, bring it on. Ready. I'm so on you're ready. And yeah, you're, you're nervous before you go out. But kind of once I, you get on that catwalk, like, this is what it's for. Is it nice to like have a catwalk that you can have like lots of fun on? Because I feel like it is yeah. rare to see, you know, models on a catwalk smiling and dancing and grooving no, and all of that. No, for sure, for sure. It's so, it's so nice to have a bit of personality and that's like my first one. I really did start dancing on the catwalk. Like <laughs> too much. I just had too much fun. But, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a good vibe and there's like I think once everyone's there, no, there's no competitiveness. There's like – yeah. Everyone was just friends and that, that actually surprised me. Yeah, because it could look fun from the outside, but really behind the scenes, it's like, I'm going to walk better than you. (laughs) And how's wearing those big, big, what do you call them? Wings. Yeah, I can only Don't act imagine. Like you put the girls your... on and walk down your hallway and pretend you're <laughs> I got one, one yeah. That's right. <laughs> but like you guys are, you know, uh, you're a smaller frame, you're a smaller size walking down in a really big heel. So having that on your 
back or as weight would be so hard to, I guess, walk with, but also make sure that you're not going to fall over and you're not, I mean, I know that you guys are highly skilled models, but still (laughs) like, I'm sure there's a thought in your head. Wings get caught. Like, yeah, it can be treacherous out there. Yeah. It's a wild minefield. I I guess like, you know, you're kind of living in the gym beforehand, getting as strong as you possibly can doing all these weights and stuff like for your body. But yeah, helps hold it up too. Sensational. So another game day, birthday. Tell us about, did you go into your birth with any expectations or wants or a birth plan? Was it how you expected? It was not how I expected. <laughs> She's it laughing was, pretty it hard. Was pretty <laughs> awful. Yeah, I didn't have a great birth. I I yeah. was really chill about it. Like my whole pregnancy, yes, I wanted to do learnings and stuff, but we didn't do a course. I just kind of tried to talk Nathan through a few things that were going to happen and, you know, via me. But what I did learn before I got in that room and it all went completely out the door, like, completely did nothing I thought I you know I had my Swiss ball and I knew all the moves to go around and I couldn't sit or like on it so but I couldn't stand or lie either so it was was just that (laughs) so what did you do hang from the ceiling like what (laughs) hung from her wings (laughs) roof onto the bed basically for like 30 hours yeah I yeah there, there wasn't a lot of planning I I wanted to do it without drugs god knows why because society tells you that that makes you a better mother yeah I, I, I just thought I could do it and yeah, sure. But like, what's the point really? Um, I think, I guess everyone's birth is so different in how it happened. I think Dylan was twisting inside of me instead of going down. Mm. So I was in the, in the hospital and labor, like with contractions every, you know, three minutes without her at me actually, what do you call it? O- opening? No, like dilating at all. Dilating at all. And then, you know, when my obstetrician came in, I'm like, no, I think I'm, like I couldn't talk. I was vomiting with every contraction for oh. a long, like 12 hours. And I'm like, no, I need drugs. And I think she's going to go, yeah, 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 you're fine. And left. And then like six hours later, I really need it. Yeah. So anyway, after yeah, 24 hours of having nothing, I got the epidural and it was like a kiss on the forehead, oh. just heaven. And yeah, then like two hours later, I was fully dilated and ready to go. And so, yeah, I, it was just, oh. it was amazing once, once I had had that. And if I hadn't done that, I just don't know how I was able to relax. Maybe. I don't know how I would have been there for like her birth into the world. I was, you know, I, I hadn't opened my eyes or spoken for that long. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was very welcomed. And then I was able to, you know, welcome her and she was big and didn't really fit and had to have suctions and a lot of cutting and yeah it was a mess um (laughs) a real mess but you couldn't feel it at least (laughs) I could not feel it and I only saw like Nathan had a batch took a video of it and that's when I realized how was he going was he okay was he supportive (laughs) He was good. He was good. Yeah. He, um, you know, it was a little bit of a lost lamb. Didn't really know what was happening. Um, didn't know what to do. Yeah. I don't think was prepared quite for how long and how painful it was mm. to look or be, or, or how many snips come out or, you know, Yeah. but he was, he was there I mean, he, he tried. <laughs> and so did you feel prepped for that? Like I haven't had an instrumental delivery, like with vacuum or forceps, like what was kind of said to you in the lead up or was it so urgent that there wasn't like time for that? Oh, it was by that point, it was kind of like, just, just get her out. Yeah. Um, 
they did say like, like she was starting to get a little bit stressed, but it wasn't like emergency. She's stressed, yeah. but it was just like, yeah, she, she needs to come out. And I've been trying to push for, you know, an hour and a half, two hours or something. Oh, yeah. And yeah. It just, it wasn't happening. And I've been, I actually had a light enough epidural that I could still kind of try and change positions and try and go on all fours and all these things. Cause I'd done all this learning about like, don't just be on your back with your legs up. But then I don't know, you get in there and your OV is saying one thing and you're like, but the, the hippie book I read says do the opposite. And like, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Who but epidural to. or no epidural, it can be so hard to find you know, like I found personally, as you said, like it's so hard to find a position that works because there might be a position that's comfortable when you're having contractions, yeah. but then there might be another position that's comfortable when you're not having them because you want to relax. But you're swinging from one to the other so quickly that you also don't have the energy to change positions. And you can get to the start point where you're just like, I do feel like a beetle <laughs> on my back because I don't know where to go or what to do. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you're like, you don't know what you're doing with your arms and legs and what's really really happening you're like was that a good one I don't know like, <laughs> tell me what, what, am what I being productive and did you guys choose to find out the gender before birth or was it a surprise no we we knew beforehand I, I always thought I would have it as a surprise like growing up and then yeah when it came to you know the the 12 week bloods or whatever you can do during COVID there was nothing else to do you wanted to know you needed we to were plan. ready yeah we it was it was exciting we needed to know I I thought I'd be a mum of four boys though so it was I was just shocked ah, it was same well there's still time for four boys uh, and how was it when you met her you know after I guess I, I imagine that would have been like quite a stressful experience was it was it shock or was uh, it kind of like everything out the window and there's your baby girl? I mean, yeah, you do kind of just, you forget about it all. You pull, pull her up and you just on boom. Like, it's amazing. They're so alert when they first came out. I, did, I, would never, I didn't know that. I think it's like what they do to bond with their parents and they're just eyes open, mm. just staring at you. And you're like, wow, you're my little baby. It's the most precious thing ever. But, yeah, you you forget about it for you know, the few hours and then you feel it. (laughs) And you have no choice but to remember. (gasps) Yeah. (laughs) And did you decide to breastfeed? Yeah, I'm I'm still breastfeeding and it's been amazing. And, you know, I'll, I'll see what happens. I like, you have great days with it and, you know, it gets easier and harder and easier and harder. So I'll hopefully do it for as long as I can. But we'll see what happens there. I mean, at, at the beginning, that cluster feeding is pretty brutal. Poor ass you nipples, get, um, Like, you know, if you're, when you're trying to get your milk supply in and they're just like, they just want to suck on you constantly, mm. but you're like, not really happening, not doing it. And you get so thirsty and they're just chugging Aquamama <laughs> left, right and center and it's all lined up there. But yeah, it, it's a pretty amazing thing to do if, if you can keep at it. And I think by allowing her to have those hellish, it's probably like a week of like, or a couple of days every now and then a real cluster feeding. I think it really did up my supply to get me this far in the journey. Yeah. And how was your recovery? You know, you said you got snipped a few times how I'm assuming you made an episiotomy how was the recovery from that it was really sore and um 
I, I was surprised. I think, when, when did they do the checkup? So they do a six-week checkup or something, but it was still not right. Yeah, I'm not sure if you have one earlier. If you have- Yeah, well, yeah, I had one earlier. I actually went in earlier because I still could hardly walk, you know, even around the house. And people I'd spoken to, yeah, yeah, after a few weeks, you'll be right, you'll be walking. I couldn't, you know, move to the kitchen. Oh, so wow. it was pretty bad and it was really made up. You know, being in bed to like trying to pull her up out of the bassinet yeah. on the boob five times a night. So that really surprised me. And I think what they said, I mean, too many details here, but you get really dry afterwards. And I think if you get so dry, your stitches mm. don't dissolve and they just like tug all the time. So I think that was um, oh, the problem. Yeah, I can imagine that's a dry time in your life. I don't, I don't think, <laughs> I can't dry, say that that's a time that you're really getting wet. <laughs> oh no, I'm still like, oh Speaking God. of, how's your relationship postpartum? <laughs> yeah, how's the sex life? Uh, I mean, the sex life, yeah, well, it's still dry. Let's keep it there. <laughs> yeah. Nathan's been amazing. He's like, it's just, you know, now she can really give them back and she's just started giggling and like yeah. you know, real smiles. And I think that is, yeah, he's, he's really kind of, you know, just bonded to her so hugely and like he's been really helpful now um I think initially for me it's it's pretty hard like coming home I can feel with that pretty lost yeah and I don't know really what to do to tell him what to do either so I'm just like you just have to look after me and get me my drinks yeah. my breastfeeding tea and my booby bickies and the, you know all those things and yeah hold my hand because <laughs> it, it's hard yeah. like they, they just these little little tiny helpless things and they just need boob all the time and yeah and you can feel like a bigger helpless thing sometimes where you're just like where's the manual oh my goodness and and that was like the fourth or third day when you come because we left almost the next day in the third or fourth day and you're just a ton of hormones and emotions and I tell you what I gave him some real, real emotional scream. I don't know. I spilt my soup or something ridiculous. And yeah, so guys, be prepared for that. <laughs> mm, yeah, the baby blues will get you. Now, can you tell us one ex- unexpected thing that happened in those newborn days besides your soup falling? <laughs> well, um, Dylan actually had jaundice when she was born and it became quite stressful because she was so sleepy that she wouldn't eat and then she from not eating couldn't get the jaundice better so yeah it was just this vicious cycle of like me getting more and more worried and then we had to go to the hospital Nathan ran up there and picked up this like blue light blanket thing that she then had to sleep like or be wrapped up in for 22 of 24 hours for the two or three days or something that helped get rid of her jaundice and they gave her like little little baby goggles too so she literally looked like she was like oh, in a car with her goggles on and wrapped up in this blue disco blanket and I thought that it would be hellish but she like loves it and they're just like it's all warm and cozy and I'm at the disco and I'm like, young. <laughs> and did she have to like keep going in for testing for that or because I'm sure there's people listening who have had bubs with jaundice that you probably feel a bit out of your depth Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's scary. But we had midwives from the hospital that would come over to the house and just like they give a little blood test and just check how it's going and, you know, say whether it's time to get off it or not. But yeah, when you when you have jaundice, it's about like feeding them so they can get over it, you know, putting them on the light. But yeah, often Mm. when they're that sleepy, they don't. So yeah. And does sun help as well? 
I think it, yeah, it does to a certain degree, but I think once it's cert- like past a certain point, you need one of those light therapy things. But that's what's, yeah. I mean, amazing that we live in today's age where they can, they have those like pieces that you can bring home. Otherwise we would have had to be up in the hospital with her, I guess, under a lamp. Yeah, I've never heard of one being taken home. I've only heard of bubs being in the crib. Yeah, but I just didn't even know like those blanket things existed that you could take home. I'd only seen the baby raves happening in the special care nursery. Yeah. There was no full baby rapes. I just I put a photo of it. We're going to need to get a picture of that, I think, yeah. <laughs> Jill's first baby rape. <laughs> and who do you think she looks like more, you or Nathan? Oh, she has waves of like she was all me for a little bit and now she's starting to look a bit more like Nathan, but she looked very similar to me as a baby. But, you know, Nathan's pretty pretty handsome so so we'll we'll take either way (laughs) I think it's when she was sleeping through the night basically she looked like you and now she's potentially going through regression oh she's definitely all him oh yeah 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 no (laughs) could be that for sure and what's plans for this year are you planning on heading back to New York or are you staying in Sydney um well we will do a bit of a juggle around this year I think um we're actually planning to go to LA in a week or so which will be Ooh. great I have a, a house there and I you know it's been sitting there getting dust so I better go tend to it and yeah gonna bring mum over and gosh we might go to Disneyland or something how awesome but, yeah hopefully I can get some I'm work. sure Dil will love that oh, <laughs> since she was born and <laughs> hey if you need a babysitter I know I've got three kids but if you want me to come I'll just come just say the word come all all of you have yep. a plan. All right. Pack your bags, so if we're going. <laughs> Hopefully I can just get some work done there because it has been quite a few years and, you know, you I kind of do worry that, you know, if I'm just unseen for three or four years, yeah, I, mm. will, I will not have a career anymore. And, yeah, I, it's been – it's amazing to be able to have a little bit of both. Like I'm going to be predominantly just mum, but amazing if I can dip my toes in every now and then and do some jobs and, yeah, do a little bit of travel, but we'll still be based in Sydney. It's, it's where home is. It's where, you know, my sister and my nieces. And that's where all your family is, right? Well, most of my family are actually in New Zealand, but um, my sister lives here with her two babies or not so much babies anymore. They're four and six, but they're just around the corner and, yeah, and mum's here. Oh, how really, beautiful. She normally lives in New Zealand, but I'm kind of, you know, thankful to Jacinda for keeping her out this long (laughs) (laughs) we'll find her an apartment here because I cannot bear to think of you know how it is when she's not here she's been such an amazing help and yeah you need you need that help with the start Jesus yeah absolutely it takes a village that's for sure yeah so no I think work-wise it's just managing being a mom and working and then I'm hopeful I can get into kind of the more business realm of things um I guess trying the products on the mummy market like Aquamama has allowed me to kind of work alongside companies like that and I'm now a partner with Aquamama and a shareholder and uh, jobs like that are really exciting to me because I can do it from Sydney I can do it from home and it's about being a businesswoman not just having to show up but like with myself and be someone else yeah something that can be done in nap time yeah so no it's a super exciting progression in my career and I'm you know really grateful that I can kind of lead into into those roles and hope to continue doing more of that and 
Yeah. Oh, well, biggest congratulations on becoming a beautiful mama. And we can't wait to see, yeah, the rest of your motherhood journey and how you kind of adapt with work and motherhood and everything else in between. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure to see your beautiful faces. Yeah, lovely to see yours. you guys the whole way through my pregnancy and beyond and you know Stop it. it's been so so helpful and I, I I really found the books quite daunting but hearing podcasts and like real people talking to you guys it made made it all feel quite real and you know you'll have ups and downs and it's all normal we're here for it so good well, well we really if you need our it. email addresses to send through the tickets to LA yeah. and Disneyland just let us know and don't um, forget to plug us or we'll kill you <laughs> it's written in the contract we forgot to send over <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much Georgia have a beautiful day Bye, guys. thanks for listening to this episode of beyond the bump if you enjoyed it please subscribe and give us a review if you didn't good on you You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.